by special request and because we just like doing it, married to an alpha female. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> it's so good to be back here. The last one we did was like a month ago. Yeah, it's been several weeks. 200th episode. It yes. was really super good. Thank yes. you, everyone, who helped us celebrate 200 episodes. Here's to 200 more. That'll be super exciting if we get to that point. Yeah, that would be cool. But yeah. Well, we're going to hop into this Maryton Alpha Female. We got our new, I can't remember the word. Segment? Segments. <laughs> we're doing this a little bit late. And yeah. I'm a little bit tired. A little bit on the sleepy side. <laughs> I've had the Kool-Aid. I tapped into the kid's Kool-Aid, so yes, I am wide he's awake on a right sugar now. high. And I got a bottle of water. I got, I got 15 good minutes in me. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're going to hit our new segments. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. Hopefully, you guys just laugh with this. I mean, that's our whole purpose and intent, oh, honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah. is, is to, to laugh with this. So here we go. Maryton Alpha Female. And welcome back, everybody, to Married to an Alpha Female. What's our first segment here, honey? Where were well, we out of the, we out of the barrel to, with here? We put on the list talking about back to school. Yes. So the kids have been in school officially a week now. Mm -hmm. The boys are in school, third grade and first grade. Mm -hmm. It has went very well. It's been different because we have to send kids water because they won't let them drink out of the water fountains because of the whole COVID situation. They have to wear a mask, wear a mask on the bus. We've had a situation or two where we're giving the kids mask at the, as the bus is waiting on us in the driveway before, you know, but, but Hey, we've got through it. Everybody's been excited about going to school. It's went well so have. far. I've had mixed feelings. I mean, it, it was pretty hard. If anybody listening out there who was kind of, is kind of going through the struggle of like, do we send them? Do we not send them? I would highly recommend getting on Georgia state's risk assessment tool. Yeah. That really helped yes. me help us i get helped me help us make a decision on at least for my half of when we were thinking about it but anyway that risk assessment tool you can get on there and it calculates it by prevalence of covid in the county and all these other different nerdy number factors of students and number of students in the school and the population yeah. and all of that that was really helpful for us because uh, we are in a very low area at this point and so for us and doing that risk assessment and kind of looking at all the measures and what the school did it made sense for us to try yeah to see after doing that so it really helped kind of strip some of those big feelings out and and look at it from a more logical point of view so i'll get those in the show notes the link to the georgia state covid event assessment tool risk assessment tool i think is what it's called so yeah we're back to school Rocking and rolling. Third grade's going good. First grade's going good. Preschool's going yes, good. She's done real well with preschool. So yeah. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully we stay in. But if we don't, you know, we got a backup plan for that. So that's good. I want to talk a little bit about. Let's see. It was two nights ago. You had gotten the hot tub with Sissy. Yep. And the boys had. I don't know what the boys are doing. But you got out because you were super tired from working yeah. and crashed. And so she was down here in the basement with me as I was working on stuff and she was drawing on things. And she came over to me and she said, mommy, can I have a trophy? Well, in our basement, I have all of my old athletic trophies, academic awards, middle school, 4-H ribbons, yes. everything. 
And so I guess she was standing in there looking at that. And she came and got me and asked me because she started soccer last Saturday. Uh-huh. And I am pretty sure we are raising the next Mia Ham. No joke. She, she did very she well She dominated for first the four-year-old yeah. category. But I think it's because she's a third child with two older brothers, Yeah, too. she's seen it happen that, multiple times. She well, knew what was going on. She has to run with a pretty big pack. Yeah, that's true, too. So, yeah. <laughs> when she has people her own age, she's a little bit aggressive. Yeah, she did knock down several of the yes. other little kids. I noticed that. So, anyway, after her soccer game, she asked her coach, can I have my trophy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played a game. Give me my trophy, buddy. And she didn't get it. So, she came and asked me. And you know what was really telling me? Like, I just kind of sat with it for a minute. Because in past years, like those trophies have moved everywhere with me. Oh, yeah. Across the country and back again. And they have meant a lot. Like I have put a lot of value on them. And I sat there and kind of a an emotion just washed past me of like contentment. Like, of course, sissy, you can have a trophy. Or I don't think I would be able to say that five, ten years ago. I'd have been like, oh, no, you're going to break it and it means so much. Yeah. And I think now I'm just kind of to a point in my life where I'm like, yeah, I did that. And that was really good. And it was awesome. And I'm proud of that. But I guess I'm not like clinging to it as much. So we went in there to the trophy shelf. Uh I thought she would get like the biggest huge trophy. Well, what kid wouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. But no, she picked this little one with like a purple plastic base and a little marble thing that it sat on. And she was, she said, mommy, I finally have a trophy. (laughs) (laughs) And she took it to her bedroom and first she put it on her bookshelf and I said, well, you just got to be careful with it. Well, then she moved it next to her bed on her dresser and she kept turning it as she laid in her bed so she she can look at it. And then the next morning when I went to go get her up, she just said, I'm just so happy it's still here. (laughs) Thought it was going to go return back to the shelf down here overnight, I guess. And I think about it too. Yeah. Even if she breaks it, like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's just an old trophy. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that has any prevalence to anybody, but I thought I would share it because it was a sweet little story and not just with her and, and like her ambitiousness, but also kind of from like the mom perspective. I didn't feel like I was giving it up sometimes when they sit on your lap and eat food and yeah. take your sandwich take your or food, whatever. Yeah. It really came from a place of like, No, I want this for you. It's nice to see you have a soft spot for the wolf pup. Yeah. I do. That's that's what it is. That trophy is probably also over twenty years old. Well, so you know. Yeah. But doesn't mean to you what it once did. Well, I think it's because I've realized like in the grand scheme of things, at the end of my life, it's not pieces of plastic that are gonna be what's yeah. important. Yeah. But I didn't always realize that I don't think subconsciously. Like I was so about the achievement. So about like the the winning, so about the succeeding. But does that make sense? I mean, that's been most of your career. Oh, yeah. You know, top of your class, top of, you know, academically, very smart, very intelligent. Over here competing, you know, in in med school, I mean, trying to be the best, you know. I mean, that's a lot of what kind of your makeup is on certain Mm -hmm. levels, you know. I guess I'm just not feeding my ego that anymore. Or maybe my ego's appetite has changed. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not about yeah. like, I mean, I still like to take names, kick ass, get oh, things yeah. done. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I watch that every day. <laughs> but it, I, I think it's just different. I think it's different. And it's just interesting. I, I can remember as a kid wanting a trophy like that, like yeah. how she asked for it and not knowing if that was attainable and just, I don't know, just it's one of those 
kind of like the first guy to run the four minute mile who they said they could never. Yeah, nobody could do it. And then, I just hope Sissy knows like, if my mom can do it, I can do it yeah. too. Yeah. So anyway, and then I had a good talk with the boys that night too. They were talking about if they didn't get married, how they were going to live together oh. forever. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor brothers, they. So we were talking about like uh, the whole thing, like, do you have to get married? You know, what does that have to look like? And so I don't know if you would have appreciated the conversation, but we, we, we really got into some things like, well, what if you never get married? Or what if like, what if you get married three times? Yeah. What does that mean? And, and really like trying to stretch them a little bit. And so it was really interesting with some of the, the conversations we've had with the kids lately. I don't know. It's been good. Back to school has been good because I think it has kind of fractured up that all that togetherness time. Yes. We're not, we're not on everybody's nerves all the time because we're not all here around each other all the time. Well, before we get into down on the farm segment, I want to throw in one. Okay. Called Things Craig Doesn't Know. <laughs> this could be a long segment. <laughs> no, because there's been a couple of things I've mentioned to you, and you're like, oh, okay. So, yes or no, did you know that I was on a show in the UK? Uh, not until just now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, yes or no, did you know that I had a Patreon? Uh, no. Did no, not I don't know. believe I knew that. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> two for two things that Craig does not know. Um, you seem to be well uh, well versed at what it is your husband doesn't know as well. <laughs> That's a little alarming. Well, I feel like I feel like I've been doing that. I guess I just haven't shared with you. Like I think you've been very busy working. Is what it sounds like. Okay. Do you know that I have an international bank account? Uh, yes, because you were you had made comment of that the other day. Did you know? Well, you didn't know I had a Patreon account, but I was going to say, did you know that I have different music for those episodes? I did not know that. No. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. You told me about a minute before we started this. So I I found that. Hence why I just like brought this new segment of of things Craig doesn't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of blew your mind that there was this much, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, there's probably some more too if I looked around. Yeah. Did you know that my book has stalled out in publication? Uh Uh-uh. No. Yeah. Yeah, something's going on with the the publishing company. They were supposed to have my author's copy to me two weeks ago, and it still hasn't. Well, that's not cool. Shown up yet? Here's another one. Do you know what's in the Amazon boxes upstairs that we got today? Uh, yeah, those are bar stools. Yes. I know that just by the size of the box. You do know that. That's that's, that's the only reason I know it. Just the size. And you know we're gonna have to put them together yes. at some point. Okay. I figure in the next day or so I'll be doing that. <laughs> um, other things, things Craig doesn't know. Do you know how many people that I I work with? Five or six, I think. As More? far as em- like employees, contractors, or what yeah, are you saying? I think it's like five or six. I'm an eight now. Oh dang! <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now I mean they all work with me all the time. Yeah. But yeah. like just people who who pop in and I give assignments to. You. Oh well, coming out of left field, maybe in the bullpen, <laughs> your better half. Uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but this has been kind of fun. It's kind of game showing. (laughs) Thanks, Craig doesn't know. (laughs) Not in a bad way either, but just, again, getting us talking and like, oh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll have plenty to talk about when the show's over here. (laughs) Is there anything that Aaron doesn't know? I don't think so. (laughs) That's unfortunate, isn't it? There probably is. But, you know, isn't that so funny that even after we've been married, what, 11 years now and counting... That there is sometimes things that come up that we're like, oh, there that is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you're saying. All right. Well, why don't you do your down on the farm segment? Okay. So uh, going back to the back to school thought today, I just, my father and I finished a, uh, a virtual classroom. We went back to school. We, uh, we try to yearly attend a uh, agronomy classes put on by a group called Crop Tech Consulting. It's over in uh, central Illinois, basically, where the land is so fertile that you can't screw up whatever it is you're doing. Or if you do screw it up, you only grow 200 bushel corn instead of 240 bushel corn. Which is a big deal. Yes, yes. It's it's a very easy place to be profitable as far as growing crops. Anyhow, they have yearly thing they call corn college and so it's basically uh agronomy classes they also call soybean college because they do a soybean section i thought they called well. it soybean school uh no they change it to college okay. try to make it sound more more yeah. legit yeah but, i remember uh, when you guys first started getting into corn college i think we were were we married mm. i'd say we went close to 10 years and we've been married 11 so it'd be about the time maybe it's so funny guys so they have this chat room called New Ag Talk. No, that's not corn college. And it's I just, remember, I know, it's but it's on, online. It's online, but I remember when we were dating, you were on the Ag Talk, uh-huh. talking with your Ag friends, yes, and all of that. And I think that's how you found Corn College. Was I think people maybe. were talking about Corn College Might on. Have been. To this day, that chat room still looks like it did. 20 years ago absolutely oh yeah it looks they, <laughs> it's like dos windows yes they set it up and then uh they tried to change it like once and most of the posts were just complaints about how it looked now you farmers and nobody don't like liked to change it things. and so they the the people who run it turned it all back to how it originally was and they've just decided to not mess with it it does look very very old school to old say school. the least it does look old school but it's a really cool place where you guys swap information because, you know, 30, 40 years ago, all the farmers would meet at the local mini mart, yeah, the get their coffee, yeah. they get their bacon, cheese and egg sandwich or whatever. And they would talk about like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And swapping things. I think it's just been really cool how you have built a bigger ag community that expends not just nationally, but internationally. I mean, Brazil. Oh, yeah. there's You can talk Australia, to people from all over. Canada. The, yeah. Um, Ukraine. There's farmers from there that'll post, and you can ask them questions, and they'll respond. And, you know, maybe not for 12 hours because their day's totally opposite ours. But, I mean, you can chit-chat yeah. with people in Australia or wherever. Well, I think that has been, because I've been kind of a backseat seeing from when you guys first started going to Corn College 10 years ago and like engaging into this more global ag community, how it has changed your practices here at Wiseman Farms. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you ask people what's working and how's this work for you? And if you kind of sit down and look at a map or a globe, it's like, well, those people are basically the same climate we are, you know, or should be in a very similar climate, you know, when you ask them like about Like Ukraine, their, isn't that pretty similar to Indiana? I think that's fairly similar to yeah. the Midwest anyhow. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you just kind of look at things and you're like, well, we shouldn't have that much of a difference from these people, you know. And, and you'll see people in Kansas ask the guys in Australia about growing wheat because they both have arid, dry climates. And it's just interesting to, you know... Uh, Brazil for, with the soybeans farmers talking yeah mm-hmm. and there's always uh, guys in the U.S. who almost live a double life and they 
they fly to Brazil and, and fa- have a farm down in Brazil somewhere. And then they fly back to the U S and have a, they're, you know, mm-hmm. they, because the winters are opposite, they're mm-hmm. always in a growing season and they have a farm manager help them run things, you know, down. Yeah. And so that's when I remember the first year when you were going to sign up for corn college and you and your dad kind of went back and forth. Cause you're like, well, it's kind of several yeah, hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Do we really want to travel? It's several thousand dollars, not several hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was sorry. expensive. Sorry. It was kind of expensive to do it. Yeah, but no. Anyhow, we've we've went. We we did that today. This year they had to have it virtually, of course, because of COVID, and it was really really good. Uh, we we enjoyed it. We felt like we took away several things as far as uh, practices or things to try on our own farm. And talking to folks who may or may not understand agricultural growing type things, what do you think you've learned over the years going to Corn College and like? being in community and getting extra information. So these guys out there in central Illinois, they have about a 40 acre piece of ground and then they, they're agronomists who advise farmers, but then they ask those local farmers, Hey, will you try this on a piece of ground for us? We'll harvest it, collect the Essentially data doing research. and they're doing research. Yeah. And so they're doing some of it field sized research, you know, 40, 50, 60 acre fields, uh, some of it is just their small plots there around their lo- own location. And then they just collect a lot of data and they, they'll do different tillage practices, cover crops, no till, and then they'll be able to maybe plant corn on half of it and plant beans on half of it and show how that the beans and the corn react. And then you're trying to maximize your ROI, your return on investment for the practices that you implement upon your farm. And they're helping you, they're doing some of the research to show you what they find there working for them in their location. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're different because we have a slightly different climate. We are a little warmer here in southern Indiana than it is in slightly different soil types. Yeah, different soil types. And they always point that out. Hey, just because it works here doesn't mean it'll work up in Minnesota or up in Canada or down south in the sands of Georgia. Mm -hmm. But these are what we see and, you know, I know one comment that you made to me, because this is the first time it's been virtual and that yes. you've really done like yes. virtual type learning coming from like the traditional sense where you always went to the place, did the conference yeah. and then came home it's versus doing the virtual. Before. What do you think the difference is? What do you think the quality was? So, uh, and like you had made the comment to me, well, they probably had to get some tech people and i said no they didn't have to get any tech people because there's enough technology and ag equipment today that they just use their own tech people to run this i mean uh, they've got to have people who are running data out of uh, yield monitors they have to do uh, planting prescriptions which basically it's you can variable rate how many plants usually corn is how most people do it some people do soybeans but you can variable rate how many, what kind of population of corn you plant in fields in different spots. If you got a little hill that is dries out, but they have to have tech people who, who set all these things up. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, you've got your, your, well, uh, let me pause you your there. signals, your RTK. So, so a field prescription is similar to a human prescription. Think about like all the different diabetics and how we make different types of insulin prescriptions for different people. Yeah, And so your field prescriptions are similar to that. Yes. For us nerdy doctors who need that parallel. Certain soil types within a field uh, would get 
more plants Just or like less plants. Our population, certain diabetics get certain types of medicines yes. with their comorbidities and this sort of thing. Anyway, I just, I say that because I see a lot of parallels between our two worlds, like with your ag community and with you guys now going virtual, it's kind of what like I'm already doing with physician wellness. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How uh, you've done uh, online, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Online and just like, just the importance of community that, you don't evidently have to be that person that lives like right next door or you work right next door to them. You actually find better, quote unquote, better friends, maybe in other places. Well, a good example, maybe on that, like we had uh, mentioned earlier, uh, earlier this spring, I had a problem with our, our sprayer. And so I just made a post on New Ag Talk. They're, they've got different sections. One of them's for machinery. I made a question there. said, hey, this is the, the sprayer I have. This is the model of the year. This is what's going on. Has anybody ever seen this before? Literally within 15 minutes, I had three different people answer. And I think two of them told me the exact same thing to try to fix it. They've had similar problem. And so it was, oh my goodness, you know, didn't take me any time. I stopped, went and got me a soft drink, came back, sat down, looked at it. Hey, there's my answer. So simple. So much easier than necessarily having to call a mechanic out to the farm or having to, uh, you know, beg and borrow all the neighbors you ever I mean even though they're not right there next to you you know you've been able to connect to people online or through the podcast and other ways who have who have experienced burnout yeah like the burnout to badass course I mean there's people there's people who have experienced burnout and they're not they're not alone in it I mean there's other people who've had problems and they're you know it's just not that they're at the next farm over Mm -hmm. you know they're not in the same building as you are they're down the road a little ways and you just kind of got to find a place to find them. Mm, absolutely. You know, another thing, and I know I'm kind of taking over your segment here, but I do want to like put it out. There's right now a lot of talk in the ag world about suicide. Yes. Yes. That's farmer suicides on the rise. Yeah. You want to talk about that? You good? You okay? I, I mean, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. No, I, I'm fine. But well, about 10 years ago, it was really easy to make money in ag and commodity prices were very, very high and everybody was doing really, really good. I think most people understand that the average age of the American farmer is 60 plus. And what you had was guys in their 50s, late 50s, early 60s building a lot of equity. And they went through maybe five or six years where they built a lot of equity, did really well for themselves. Now they're on the back end of it and they're trying to decide, do I retire? Do I not retire? And commodity prices are really, really pretty sad right now. They're pretty low. And you really have to be sharp to, uh, to make things work out financially. Stay afloat. And uh, basically those guys are now eating through all that equity they built up. So it would be equivalent to somebody who, uh, well, when the housing bubble crashed and the stock market fell. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's people in similar boats. All this retirement people had built up just Gone. erodes away and you have no way yourself of actually controlling it. It's nothing that you've done. It's just a horrible situation and bad luck. And uh, there's a lot of people that just, it really eats at them. Yeah. And then when you can't make the cash to make things float, you know, just in general, besides eating away to your equity, you've got a family to support. Yeah. Well, I just say that because I saw it in one of your farm journals that came through the mail where they were yeah. talking about reaching out for help and 
not feeling alone. Yes. And I felt like it was, again, more like parallel messages of what's happening in the physician world. Yeah. Uh, one of the articles, I think, was to said, you know, ask your friend, you know, are you okay? And then ask him, no, are you really okay? Mm-hmm. You know, not just a the let same thing I blow by. talk about. So anyway, I just thought I would bring it up because I mean, I think a lot of times, sometimes we think it's only like our issue or this is just a healthcare doctor thing. Oh yeah. But I mean, we know personally someone in the spring who died by suicide. Yes. And yeah. it is it it is stressful, and uh, you add COVID on top of that, and like you said, financial hardship. And then, you know, farming is never a guaranteed thing at oh, all. No, no. And so you factor that in too. And I don't know, I just wanted to put that out there. So, because I think it's really important to know that there's resources available, people to talk, you know, we're always more than oh, happy yeah. to talk to anyone and offer resources and just to be a listening ear. Because now we're seeing what that family is going through. That they don't yeah that's really rough on on that family yeah and and that you know i really look at like their kids and stuff like they are victims of suicide like yes. that he thought it was better to just be gone than that so i don't know it just it really kind of shook me home because i know we're talking a lot in medicine with covid and the trauma that doctors and nurses and healthcare providers are experiencing as oh, well yeah. that a lot of stress it's just it's not just there and the other thing that's kind of big right now that I've seen in your farming journals is um, succession planning oh, because yeah. older. Yeah. Because most of them are older. Yeah. yeah. And then there's some, there's always some, um, some farmers out there that, that don't necessarily have a family member to usually Pass a son or daughter to come back and, and take over the farm. We've already decided who our succession plan is going to. Oh, Yes. Oh, yes. Catherine Jane. Yes, she will be the farm manager. There's no doubt. She will tell everyone else what to do, and she will scold them if they Briar do Briar will do way. all things mechanic, Yeah, and we're hoping Camden can keep the books. I would say he'll save us a lot of money, is the way I look <laughs> at it. He'll, he will be a phenomenal accountant. Well, anything else on your down on the farm no, segment? No, I don't believe so. I it think was a good, good one. Oh, yeah. Good job. Well, I want to do my segment, which is the Maryton Alpha Female Tip. And so something that's been coming up quite a bit lately in my world with this is whenever I talk to a female colleague, either a one-on-one call or, you know, we're emailing back and forth and stuff. One of the things that just keeps coming up is, and it's not a bad thing, I just want to address it, is a lot of times we as women feel like our spouses don't support us or we've got to talk to them about this, like doing coaching or group course or you know what I mean changing our lives I think it's important that big decisions in people's lives they do talk yeah I I think so too but I guess I guess my my tip for the Mary Chan alpha female tip for those spouses is just support her even if you don't understand yes yes because I've even had I had one friend recently who we've talked about coaching she knows what I do she knows she needs help but she was like I don't know how to help him understand that this is important for me. And so that's what my tip is. Just tell her you support her and hear her, even if you don't understand and get like what this coaching thing is all about. Yeah. Because she probably doesn't even fully understand what she needs from coaching, from wellness, from change. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know. I know that when you did it, I was like, I'm not sure what this is, but... You know, if this is what you need, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. Because 
If it's going to help you, it's going to help our relationship. Well, I know sometimes too, like I have had homework assignments from coach, coach program or something. And you're kind of like, what? What do you want to do? But I think you've been on the ride long enough. Now you like realize, oh, it's usually going to work out. Yes. Yes. And that's just part of it. Um, sometimes, you know, when you walk by something, you're like, what's that? You know, I don't know. Well, just keep walking. And, you know, until you've seen or know or experienced or have someone who you know has experienced that and they can explain it to you, it's a little bit of a... Help you see it in a different light, Yeah, you just don't understand it. So that's my tip. Support her even if you don't understand it. Don't look for barriers when she's looking for help or looking for change. You have married someone who is incredibly brilliant and she is not going to try to take down the ship by helping herself out. No, no. And it's, it's, it's like we were talking. I mean, when, when somebody says they could use some help, it's time to take a step back and think for a minute about it. Like, okay, they're surely not just saying this to say this, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, usually, you know, your spouse well enough that you can kind of get some signals that, Hey, let's try something, mm-hmm. you know? And for the alpha female, my tip is explain your need. Yeah. Don't explain like all the features, but explain what it is you're needing. And I think that will help your partner get on board. I like, say, if you need this, then I support this. I like to tell the uh, the alpha pup, use your words. <laughs> you know, explain to me what it is you want or why it is you want this and we can work it out from there. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just give me the I need and a foot stomp. You know, you explain to me. Yeah. You know, sometimes I need lead to water so that I'll drink. You know, it's just how it works. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my my tips for today. Just from seeing it just kind of regularly here recently about, I guess, people having, I guess I would call them hesitations. Yeah. Because you're right. You, you never know if it's going to work. But I guess what I would encourage people is like, if that is their little bit of calling that's deep inside of you and there's just something about like you keep coming back and listening to this podcast or you keep hanging out with me and checking out things that I'm doing, like there's something that's calling you to this and pay attention to it. Makes sense. And if you can't, you can't hundred percent explain it to your spouse, then have them tune in to this episode. (laughs) 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 We'll try to explain it for them. I think that's a win. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to you in this whole crazy, crazy thing of life. It has worked out. You know, it really has. Oh, yeah. It's been very good. And that's the one thing that at times is hard for me to explain with coaching is like people are like, well, how much does this cost? And I'm like, well, you know, this is the price. And because of all these added benefits to it. And I can say over the past six years now, having done my own coaching, been coached, we definitely have gotten that investment back. Like, remember the first time when I first Tenfold got coached? minimum. Yeah. When I first got coached, and I think her price was like, I don't know, like seven or eight grand. Yeah, she was. And you said that same line. Like, if you need this, then I'll support you in this. Yeah. This is pricey, but if you if this is going to help, if you need this, I will support you. And like you said, now I feel like, yeah, at least 10 times over, we've got that back in return. Well, at the time, too, um, you were making plenty of money. So I thought, well, she's making it. You know, if she well, and that's the other thing her. too. I've realized is like the money doesn't make you happy. No, so you might as well find bit. what makes you happy in that. It's nice. Yeah, but at the end of the day, 
if you can pay a little extra and be that much more fulfilled, then that's what you need to do. So anyway, that's my tip. My alpha female, married to an alpha female tip. We did down on the farm. We did this segment. Things Craig doesn't know. I have to think on that one. (laughs) Didn't know there was a new segment coming up either. So (laughs) there you go. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you all. Keep writing into us. Let me know if you're digging. We've had a couple of people say that they really love the down on the farm segment. We love talking about things. And sometimes that things that seems very normal to us are the exact things that you want to hear. So if there's certain stories you want to hear about from our experience, if there's more tips that Craig can give about being married to an alpha female so that you can <laughs> share with your partner. We'll do it. So just be talking with us. And remember, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with me. The Patreon group, which you now know about. Uh The Burned Out to Badass course is really fun and really going well. And so that's a great place to be. And of course, always just jumping on a call with me. I'm always more than happy just to sit down and say, how you doing? Yeah. And don't forget, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.